Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. My name is Jimmy Palumbo, and I am the host of the Jimmy Palumbo Show. The over and under on me saying Jimmy Palumbo was three. Those of you who bet the over are going to be wrong. I only said it three times. All right. Show number 28 here at the Jimmy Palumbo Show. And as you well know. Just hit the over. No, but. That was four times. I know, but the bet ended. All right. See, you're already ruining the show. Why is it that you have the ability to ruin my show literally 30 seconds? I think. In the beginning of the show, I'm, I can mention the Jimmy Plumbo show later. I, I think. That's like saying if, if, if the, you know, uh, Tom Brady throws a touchdown pass to his son we're at still home. In the very, we're still in the very beginning, though. So this isn't still the beginning? This is. No, I already announced it. All right. At the over and, and under, it's and over. And I think that the case could be made that I'm making the show even better. You're by, making by the case? ruining the show. I'm making the case. Oh, so by having you talk more is better for the show. In this yeah. fashion, okay. yes. When I okay. give you a hard time, I listen, think that's what the people want. Listen, in your world, you just keep on rolling. Now, you know what it is? You're happy today. You know why? Because the Packers didn't lose yesterday because they didn't play. I understand that. They played tonight. Uh, more on that later. I am definitely not happy today. 0 and 4. No, you're a little, you have a little pop in your I lost all four ate. bets and I went 0 and 6 in fantasy all football. Right. So. Listen, who was president when I started my podcast today? Okay. Show number 28. Palumbo getting involved for threes. Got it. Analytics. We're not talking over. All right. Show number 28. That's right. Now, of course, I could go with Adrian Peterson and Melky Cabrera. I could go with Shelly Duncan on the Yankees, but I didn't. Dave Island, another shitty Yankee. Um, Girardi as a manager, of course I can do it. Then you got your Marshall Falks and your Darren Woodson. But like Dave asked me, you're going to go with Darren Woodson. Now, he's a cowboy. What are the odds on me going with a famous cowboy are so slim, uh, especially in that era. Um, that's not going to happen. I could just easily go with Gaylord Perry or Curtis Martin. Um, you know, Daryl Green, I could do that. That's probably who you were going to go with. But <laughs> I decided go, to go, go with, to again, Yes, it's, of course, I just nailed the one he was going to go with. Um, it's difficult for Chris because I research everything, and, and he tries to counter with and I mention all the guys up on by the same website. Um, but I'm going to go with number 28, Al Sparky Lyle. That's right, Al Lyle, Sparky Lyle. And the reason why I'm going with him is because Sparky Lyle got, in my opinion, was one of the greatest relievers of all time. First of all, he pitched three innings sometimes, or he came in with like, you know, three and one count, second and third, two outs in the ninth and got the guy out, stuff like that. He also won the Cy Young in 1977. So think about this. You win the Cy Young, right? And a month after the season ends, they sign Rich Gossage, who was the other great reliever in baseball. And like your your closer was a Cy Young award winner. And you bring in Rich Gossage. And they made Lyle the seventh and eighth guy. Uh, but he was already a Cy Young as the ninth inning. Like, it's insanity to me, looking back. That would be like having Mariano Rivera and then signing some other guy. Like, what are you talking about? Um, but Gossage was the only guy throwing like 102 miles an hour back then. But Al Lyle, growing up, listen, I was 12 years old, 77. Sparky Lyle was just awesome. He had an amazing slider, and he just struck out guys all the time. And uh, he ended, he's an outspoken guy now, so he's really funny to listen to when he talks about current major leaguers. He even bust balls a little bit on uh, him and Gossage bust balls sometimes on uh, on the great relievers of the game today because they're like, listen, if I only pitched one inning, I wouldn't have given up a hit either. Different time. I love when you see those old guys chip a little bit. That's always fun, you know. So show number 28 for me is Al Sparky Lyle. Huge Cy Young Award winner as a reliever in 1977. Who do you got? I had Curtis Martin. You, you nailed it. Okay. So I had to scramble late here. Okay. And I just, I'm just i going to go with Chris Johnson, CJ2K. I saw that. I saw that. I did see that. But I, you know what? I didn't. You don't even know who it is, I, probably. He's a receiver on what the no, Bengals. No, he was a running back. Like now, there's a few 28s. You're talking about Bengals. I was going to go with Corey Dillon, but. Maybe that's the guy I'm getting mixed up. First of all, any the fact that you have a bangle. I mean, uh, you think on the Jimmy Palumbo show, I'm sad, I dare I said it again, I'm going to mention a bangle? I don't think so. <laughs> so that's who you're going to go with Chris, what's his name, Chris Anderson? Chris Johnson, CJ2K. CK2K, okay. <laughs> what did he do? He had 2,000 yards in a season rushing. Okay. Recent, fairly recent. For, uh, for the bangles? For Tit who? The Titans. Titans, how many games they win? Six? 
Did they go to the Super Bowl? That, <laughs> no, that was that was. <laughs> I know who Chris Johnson is. They went thirteen and three. That I year. remember who he was. I just it was, first of all, there's a million. Uh, anyway, you know what? You want to go Chris Johnson? That's fair enough. That's how I'm going to go with it. I went with Sparky Lyle, and you went with Chris Johnson. So that means anybody over forty five. Go is Vita get, Blue. I don't know if he wore twenty eight for the I, A's. I, he, I don't. He did. I saw Vita Blue up there. I was going to go. I, I could have went with that. Of course, I'm friends with the other pitcher on that staff, John Blue Moon Odom. Great guy, lives down in Georgia, played golf with him a bunch of times. All right, show number 28, Sparky Lyle and Chris Anderson. Nice pick there. Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. Anderson Johnson. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody cares. He's probably in the Hall of Fame. Um, you, you like my Daryl Green, though. I threw that in there. Um, anyway, so that's it. That's our show. So That's um, our show? That's it? No, that's the start of the show. Wow, just I'm being reviewed by my own people. I feel like I'm going to get stabbed in the back here. This is how I feel. You know, what the hell's going on here? We're not at Shea right now. Warren Brumell of Keyport Law has been practicing for over 35 years and is here to help you in your bankruptcy matters. Bankruptcy is a specialized area of law that requires expertise and experience, and Warren brings both. Keyport Law has handled over 10,000 bankruptcy cases. They will make the process simple and provide easy, affordable payment plans. Warren will get creditors off your back, stop the annoying phone calls, and stop the creditors from contacting your neighbors and former employers. Listeners of Chop Sports will get the first interview free. Go to www.keyportlaw.com and fill out the new client intake form, and they will contact you directly. This firm is a debt relief agency helping people file for relief under the bankruptcy code. The Yankees stink. Um, I can't take it anymore. They lost like 11-1 to and 10 nothing the other day, Saturday and Sunday. Um... The only thing I do know is that Giancarlo Stanton just continues to dominate. He's like the best. Him and Judge are the two best players. Um, I used to be on the fence that the Yankees can't give Judge the money. It's too much. I now, I'm changing my opinion. They got to give it to him. They All have to give him the money. He's batting like two ninety nine. Uh, eventually, this whole Gallo-Rizzo thing will go away. I get the feeling like it's like a, that's a game of bad risk. Give Judge the money, but they can't give him those ten years that these guys get. He's they, too old now already to get ten years. Whatever it is, they got to give it to him. He is completely in the driver's seat because even though Stanton's getting paid till two thousand and like forty, but at least Stanton, who everybody was bashing, oh, he strikes, he's batting two seventy two, he's hitting bombs all the time, he's having a great season, and too bad the Yankees uh, pitching staff and their bullpen. If the Yankees bullpen was average, they'd be eight games up on on the devil on devil race on the race. Their bullpen has completely shut down after like June fifteenth. It's awful. More importantly, Rutgers is three and zero. I know we're talking sports here, but that's what I have to do because I was at the game. They beat Delaware. Big shout out to my buddy Kenny Barnhart. Played for Delaware from eighty one to eighty four. Maybe he was there in his big blue shirt, sitting with us. He's also a Rutgers fan. Has been sitting with us for thirty years. We have a lot of laughs. He was all fired up and saying dumb stuff. It was great. We were mocking him out. Some people started to, like, mock him out. We were like, no, 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 He's one of us. Just the only game he gets to root for Delaware because he played for him. And once you say you played for a team, everybody shuts up. It's like the great fight eliminator. One guy's like, oh, you're boy. I'm like, he played for the Delaware Blue Hens. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> if you played for him, you got to be able to root for him, even though he's worn plenty of Rutgers shirts many times. He'll probably be at the Ohio State game rooting for Rutgers. Um, I thought the crowd was dis- disappointing. The game was at 3.30. It was a beautiful day. I don't know what the final attendance was. There just were so many empty seats. But I guess it's just it, no one's caught on that Rutgers is a little bit better now, and they've been lousy for so long. And it's just I was disappointed. I, it wasn't even close to being any kind of sellout. And the stadium only holds 50,000. So Rutgers has to do a little bit better at that. And maybe they will this week because they play on ABC at 3.30 at the Big House at Michigan. I um, I am going on record as saying I'm, I'm rooting for them. I hope they play well. I hope they win. I just don't see it. I think Michigan has finally got it going on this year. And uh, uh, I just, they run the ball. I don't know. How to, I just think this is the year where it goes back to what Michigan used to do to us, which was just torturous. But, um, I don't know. Rutgers is getting 19. Some people, I know you like the 19. Yeah, 19 is a lot. When they, when your strength is your defense, like Rutgers is, that's their strength. And they beat a 78 not for one year, man. <laughs> 19 to me. Seems I know college football scores get out of control sometimes. But when you're playing good defense the way they are, they have some I momentum. Think, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know how to see this game. I, I'm, what I'm hoping for, if you really want to be analytical about their season, 
They have three wins, nine games to go. If they go three and six the rest of the way, they go to a bowl game. And going to a bowl game year two in Shiano is a huge thing. You're talking about a team that's won three games in 10 years. But those three wins got to come from, you know, they could lose to Michigan and Ohio State, so it'll be three and two. But after that, you know, they do play Illinois. They do play Maryland. They do play Indiana. They do play one other team. Uh, you got Wisconsin? They play Wisconsin. That's, that's a loss. Penn State, they're going to lose to Penn State. So if they lose Michigan State, we don't know yet how they're going to be. So to go three and six after this is possible. Um, we may not be favored the rest of the way. That's also a possibility. Um, but to me, I, I I don't see it. I think we're going to lose the next two. I do. I hope we don't. But I think Michigan and Ohio State are another. But I will go on record, and you've heard me say this. In 2023, man, Rutgers is going to be a beast. The recruits that are coming in, he has a top 15 recruiting class based on a team that never won. If he could play a little bit better, maybe go six and six, throw in a seven and five, even a five, you know, even a four and four and eight, depending on who we beat, something more competitive. I think the recruiting will go through the roof. I think this guy Shiano can recruit. Um, and I think like 2023, they're going to be a beast. It was nice seeing Wimsat on the sidelines. Um, he's the kid who came right from high school, so he's actually supposed to be a high school senior. Played three games, transfers, probably getting NIL money, and. Uh, but that's it. So the Scarlet McKnights, 3-0. and I'm thrilled to death. It was a beautiful day at the stadium. And um, it was awesome. And on to Michigan, one game at a time. Uh, I did watch a little bit of the, uh, and I can't really watch the game this Saturday. This game's on at 3.30, ABC. I can't watch it. Because I have a huge Palumbo wedding on Saturday. Christopher Jack Palumbo marrying Bree on Saturday. And... Uh, Mass is at 2.30, and the reception's not till 6. So there's like 2.30, 3.30. We get out of the church, duck in somewhere, maybe catch the first half, me and my brother. But you don't want to be disrespectful to family. And the reception, is the cocktail hour, and maybe they got a TV in there that you can watch well, the, it depends. the, I the think final uh, plus seconds ABC, maybe get it on the phone somehow. I'm sure I'll have, uh, we'll have full research how to do that. But I don't want to be disrespectful to uh, Chris and Bree's days. Plus, the first time my daughter is going to a wedding. She's never been to a big wedding like this, so that's exciting. So um, I will be with her for that. So I'm excited about that. The other thing is the Penn State game. Um, you know what? I thought the refs were awful. Penn State's going to be good. I thought the refs got the down wrong. I'm sorry. I, of all the things, we can, we can bash refs, and I hate bashing. Most sports fans, especially anybody on this network, you can talk about bad calls, but everybody knows, hey, you know, it's a human thing. But you got to get the down right. And when you huddle with the other refs, like, someone, someone, you can't get that wrong. And you can see how adamant uh, Franklin was. Like, no, it's third down. What do you, like? My thing is, too, it's like, hear the coach out. Listen, yeah. to, listen to what Franklin's saying, because if you would have listened to it and actually paid attention, instead of saying, no, no, we got it, we got it. Like, hear him out, because there might be something in that conversation that you uh, need to hear. I, as far as I'm concerned, I, I'm sure that referee crew was very good, I guess. Uh, but um, it, I think it was an SEC crew. I'm sorry. You, you can't do that. No, they don't get the SEC championship game. Nobody on the field. Or, they, it, do, or they do because it was an Auburn uh, that's favorite true, but call. No, you can't do that. No, even I, as, even I if know. you're an Auburn fan, come on. You know what I'm a does? Penn State fan, and I was I was really disappointed in the targeting call at the goal line. I thought that was a bad call, too. There was a lot of bad calls. But that's one of those calls I think the refs are caught in the interpretation of the rule. But you, you got to know what down it is, man. I mean, yeah. There's a, there's a crew chief, the head umpire. you got to go up to him. Hey, what do you got? And when you have a grounding and lost it down, all that stuff, and if you decline it, you, uh, that to me is egregious. Uh, you can't. you got to get it down right. It's not fair to the kids. It's not fair to the fans. Um, my cousin John was at the game, and he says he was – everybody was such in a frenzy. He was saying, what are you punting for? It's third down. It's third down. It's third down. And he said, no, nobody cared. They were just <laughs> yelling and screaming, as those Penn State fans do. Uh, Alabama. Alabama wins again. My nephew went to Florida. I was rooting for Florida. I'm just tired of Alabama. I, Florida I can't almost take pulled it. that one off. They were, I can't Alabama take it had a big lead early, and Florida almost. I used to like Alabama, and I, I and I never minded them. And I like Nick Saban. I think he's a great coach. Watch the documentary on NFL Network. It's great. But I, I, I can't have it anymore. They just went enough. <laughs> I'm over it. They have to. They don't lose. It's like Tom Brady. Regular season, they don't. They don't lose. Alabama doesn't lose in the regular season, like ever. 
Um, I'm tired. And if of they it. do, it's to like the number two team, right? So like, they still get a shot in, like, the, in the title game. Like, you're never gonna wake up in the morning. Wow, Alabama, see Alabama lost 35-10. Never have. It's usually 35-33 or something weird. Like it's just I, I I'm, again I'm basing this on nothing. I'm sure there was a game four years ago that I forgot about, but I'm just telling you. I'm over Alabama winning every week. And it's also like a cockiness, like, oh, who do we play? They'll play like the number nine team. Oh, we'll win that one. Like, what? Like, I guess because I'm a Rutgers fan, I'm so far below that. I can't relate. I'm so far underwater. I can't relate to the skyscraper. I'm underwater. What can I tell you? It's like being in Colonia, living next to the library. Great joke if you, if you live in Colonia where I grew up. In one of those four houses that are um, next to the creek. Other things, I watched a little bit of the Emmys last night. I mean, I am an actor. I've <laughs> been on TV a bunch of times. Um, it just seemed uh, it seemed lame to me. I don't know why. I'm not going to go into anything. No political stuff. It just, I don't know. Like, it just didn't, maybe there's too many shows now. I, I don't know what it is. Um, I did like the big blonde, the big right-hander for Ted Lasso, um, who is in Game of Thrones. She's a, she's a big right-hander. She's a big right-hander. Feisty. She's great on the show. She won. Good for her. Um, but there's this, like, I talked to some actors that are like, oh, yeah, I, I, I hate those shows. I wouldn't go. Let me tell you something. If Jimmy Plumbo was nominated for an Emmy, not only would my entire family be <laughs> we would have, be having tailgates parties. I think it's sad that things like the Oscars and Emmys and uh, um, the uh, the Grammys. Uh, Any, basically all the award they, shows they, they mean, suck. But, but I, the award show, the award show should suck. But getting the award is a cool thing, man. Like, it's still... It's like saying, I don't know, uh, it, it, you win an Emmy, you win an Oscar, you know, it's a Tony. When you talk to me about these kinds of things, it's dangerous for me because my actual opinion on all of it is like, oof. But no, you. But that's like saying uh, voting for MVP then, get rid of it. And There's got to be some I, I understand, but the thing is with MVP, there's some clear-cut stats that you get to look at. With this, it's completely I know, but it's still, it's still voted on by peers. Uh, that's why the SAG Awards are best because actually SAG actors vote on it, but... I, I uh, listen. I know the show's got political over the years, and that's a shame. But I just get the feeling there's like, I get that the show's boring, but you should still care who won the Emmy. Anyway, listen. Someday, um, you know what? That's it. I'll make a prediction. Give me five years. I'm going to win an Emmy. New prediction here. Jimmy Palumbo will win an Emmy. Now it might be for this podcast, the daytime talk show, <laughs> daytime <laughs> audio only podcast, regional in. Middlesex County, New Jersey. I'm going to win a play. I would like to thank the Wooden Spoons. I would like to thank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I will. You know what? I'll go. I'll thank everybody but AJ and Dave. How about that? No, I'll, I'll have to mention AJ. He just got me a sandwich. Um, but again, uh, this weekend, like I told you before, big family wedding, getting involved. Um, that's cool. I also have to talk about laundry. Now, I did my laundry. Now, I don't know if anybody has. We're getting off of sports here for a second. And we will get off of sports because that's what I do. You know when you got to do your, your, your bedspread or your comforter, okay? You can't put it in the regular laundry. And they got these laundromats. So a relatively new one opened in my town. I figured, okay, the machines are clean. But I got to do my laundry in, a, in an apartment complex anyway. So I went there. First, I was just going to do the, the bedspread thing, the comforter. And then I figured, well, you know what? No, let me just do all my wash there. I can sit, get work done for the show. I'll sit there. First of all, it's $8 to use the big machine. Did you really? That's insane to me. Yeah. So I did one thing of $8, and then I did two other loads. I didn't even realize that there's like three types of, of washer machines at these places now. Used to be two, the big ones, the little ones. Now there's like big, medium, and small. The small one, I can't even put a sock in there to clean it. And so this, the, the medium ones were $6. So I was down $20 and nothing was dry. Everything's wet. Okay. And then I had to bring it up. It was just, it cost me like $35 to do my laundry. And I realized, oh, that's why the smart people only do the comforter there. And the other stuff you do in your regular thing. So me sitting there working on this show while I'm spending $35, I felt like a complete you jerk just off. be like me and just not do laundry. Well, and then that. you have to just well, go buy new clothes. That's why you wear the same Packer shirt every week. Because that's all you wear. But I'm wearing a Rucker shirt now, so I'm completely. But another thing, you do feel like a loser when you're in a laundromat. People look at you like you're a jerk off. And I'm looking at them like they're a jerk off. Meanwhile, everybody's, half the people are just doing their comfort because we don't have a machine. Want to know why I like the laundromat better? 
because it's done in one one shot done. I don't like having to do laundry throughout all day where it's like a load, right. 20 minutes, go back to uh, it, know, a load. So I'm like, you know you what? Go I'm going to take get these it two or three agree. hours. I'm going to do my laundry. Listen, and that's going to be it. I The bottom line is you just feel like a jerk off in there, and it cost me $35 to do laundry, and I was irritated at that. Um, but, hey, I was able to get it done, and that's the bottom line. I have fresh sheets and a clean uh, comforter, which nobody cares about anyway. And um, so that's it. But all right, so that's my little, little bit about sports. we got to talk Rutgers because they're 3-0. and Trust me, if they're 3-7, and I won't be talking about them as much. Um, so all you anti-sports people, just hang on a second. Um, so now it's time for one of the more famous segments here at Chop Sports. I think between all the podcasts, you would agree that this segment, even AJ is not looking up at his computer right now when he's in the room, um, is because he knows how important this segment is um, uh, to the whole Chop Sports, and it's called Jimmy's Bookings. And when I mention Jimmy's Bookings, Chris, I'm going to ask you some trivia questions. Who sponsors Jimmy's Bookings? Absolute Eyewear. You see that? You see that? I love so many people here. That's right. Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. They are a full-blown, awesome place to get your glasses. They have everything over there. As you got to go, I'm telling you. Um, you can also dial 732-326-EYES. How obnoxious is that? I prefer to give out the regular number because I'm too stupid looking at the things. 732-326-3937 or eyes at the end, which is so great. It's owned by Craig and Janine Michaud, who was at the Rutgers game the other night. Uh, Family-owned, brother and sister, that's right. They're full-service opticians. They got everything. Prescription eyewear, prescription sunglasses, non-prescription sunglasses, safety glasses, sports glasses. They got classes for the kids. Now, the cool thing is they have an optometrist. He's on site, okay? So he's there. I said that fast. Optometrist on the premises. He does exams for glasses, contacts. You get $100 off. You mentioned this name, of course. But you can also get a pair for as little as $60. They have really high-end stuff, but they got the low-end stuff as well. They do the lab work on premises, so the glasses are done pretty quick, often the same day. Um, and they're really big on, now I always say, when you go there, you don't feel like a jerk off. But I was talking to Johnine at the Rutgers game and she really feels that like the customer service is huge because all the other places you go to all week, you don't get good customer service. So they're actually out of their way big. They'll lose money on a pair of glasses if they know that making a customer happy because the guy will come back to get them fixed or get a new pair, that kind of thing. And you're dealing with, there's never a not owner. You only deal with an owner. So you do a Craig or Johnine, and when you're dealing with an owner, it's always better to have a nice little shop right in downtown Woodbridge getting involved. Um, and they're homegrown. They're, Woodbridge, they're just a Woodbridge Township world there. They grew up in Colonia. And another cool thing they do, I didn't realize this, they're really big on, like, um, Woodbridge Township for uh, the Board of Education, police, fire department. So they, they do all the local community service stuff, which is nice. Even if you're coming from another town, you want to know that the place – Takes care, takes care of your own, you know what I mean, that kind of deal. And they're really good at that. Um, you can call in uh, to get an order, to do an order and stuff, but um, they said just call in and they'll walk you through what you need to do. Some stuff they can ship to you, but they'd rather do a fitting for you and I'll make sure everything's cool. But there are scenarios where if you know what you want, you know what you're doing, they can make it happen. So you can just call them up and they'll walk you through it. Um, like I said, they got glasses for every budget. And they're open five days a week. They're closed Wednesdays and Sundays. Now, AJ, why are they closed Wednesdays? Because that is the softball. There you go. And why are they closed on Sundays? God. God and and the NFL. Close, close. (laughs) So, uh, and they have all kinds of different brands. They have, ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. Now, knowing nothing about absolute eyewear, AJ. They also sell Ray-Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, Costa Del Mar. That is my Bob Shepard. And so make sure you call Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937 or 732-326-EYES, which is goofy. I'm also going to let you know that, as this is not really the ad anymore, but... 
um, because I do Bob Shepard, I'm going to have my own Cameo account. So you're going to be able to call up. And I guess if you want to talk to Johnny Trino from Beer League or if you want me to do something funny with Bob Shepard for your friends um, or even do a wedding speech for Johnny Trino, but maybe it would be funny to announce your wedding party on tape and you could you, tell the DJ to air it. Like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Palumbo, that kind of deal. Um, I'll do any of that. I'll just do Bob Shepard. I think I'm only going to be 40 bucks. So. so, guys, for everyone out there, I have this footage already. So if you want to just... Char I'll just charge you 20 and I'll clip up something from Jimmy and I'll sell it to you for cheaper. See, that's what you're going you're to undersell my cameo. I think people just want to call and talk to me and I'll send them a nice little video of me doing Bob Shepard um, or doing you know, Jim Carvalho. If anybody wants, if it's Jim Carvalho's, I'll do it for free. Because if anybody has the balls to call me up and say, Jimmy, can you do Jim Carvalho's for my wedding day? Then I know you're just going to be very happily married if your wife allows that. Uh, over to Ewing, no good. He's filed. Um, so they sponsor Jimmy's booking. So let's start off with a movie I did called Back in the Day, directed by um, Paul Borghese. Good, ended up being a good friend of mine after this. I've seen him on auditions. He also is an actor. Um, but it was written and stars William DeMeo, who's another good buddy of mine. We became friends after this. We had similar agents and managers early on in our careers. Um, he's great. He's the lead in it. It also has Michael Madsen and Annabella Sciorra in it. Um, also my friend Joe D'Onofrio's in it and Louis Lombardi. Basically, it's all the all the Italian guy buddies of mine that had uh, that were around auditions. I've seen them a million times. They were all in the same movie, so it was fun. And um, it's actually one of the cooler scenes I've done in terms of... Uh, <coughs> I, was, I did a scene with Michael Madsen. He was like the head of the, the, the crime... Not the crime boss, but the second in command. And I was like third in command. And what happens is I play this guy named Carmine this young kid who was William DeMeo's son, he beats the hell out of uh, the guy who owns the deli in town, played by Louis Lombardi. And Louis Lombardi's one of our guys. And this young kid is like 20 years old, just starts beating him up in the street. And we grab the kid, like, what are you doing? You don't, you don't punch our guy, that kind of thing. So then he tells me, like, hey, that guy's, he's a pedophile, he's a creep. So now I gotta, now I, I'm the, I gotta deal with this. Now, not all of it made the made the cut, the backstory on that. Uh, some ended up on the cutting room floor. But I now have to present this kid to Michael Madsen because he wants to know why are you beating up my guy in town. And the kid pretty much tells him that he's a creep. The funniest thing, if you watch this, I think it's on Netflix now. He just gives me a look. And the look means, like, all right. Go kill the, like, well, go kill the creep. It's one of those, it's such a, it's such a subtle thing. He looks at me like, is he saying, hey, verify that if it's true he's he's gone we can't have that in the neighborhood or it's like it, you know he's dead so the next scene i'm hanging out and it was a cool scene they had this like dark blue lighting and he's locking up the deli and now i'm in this like trench coat and i'm like hey man how you doing he's like hey how's it going oh, i just about to just blow him away up against the screen it's like i look like such a if you see the scene i look like you know i'm the biggest wuss in the world right i look like such yes. a badass in this movie you'd be like oh man jimmy looks nasty in this movie you know so go check that out uh it's available i think it's on maybe amazon now i'm not sure it's probably all that stuff i know um back I in the say day that what to you before i guess it's gonna we're gonna talk shop a little bit now we should do that Find out where, find the out where they're all at before we talk about them. Okay, well, we'll start that next show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Google it, YouTube. I don't know. You know what? You're right. I should know whether it's available now. Usually I just say Amazon or Netflix. That covers 98%. But sometimes they're on different channels. You're right. It's excellent point. But that's the best point you've made on my show in about four and a half months. Um, I, I, I thought it would come from AJ, not you. All right. Um, I'm just trying to get AJ to pay attention. The... Um, he didn't read the memo. We sent an email out, what, two months ago? If you're going to be in the studio while I'm doing my show, you have to engage in the show. Otherwise, there's plenty of desks outside the studio, uh, the whole thing, to do that. Because right now he's looking up, seeing who the Mets are starting tonight. That's what he's doing. But maybe that's more important than my show. I don't know. All right, the next one I did was a show called, a movie called Youth in Oregon. Oregon. I say Oregon. Um, it's with Billy Crudup and Frank Langella, legendary actor. It was awesome to meet him. And Christina Applegate, who I met in Vegas years ago. There was I, I actually was get, try, Sunday trying to get back to L.A. I got stuck with Christina Applegate and another actress who was on. Was she still Kelly Bundy at the time? Uh, I Christina Applegate can start on my line of it. She's, she's very much still in the league, I thought. Um, she was 
had deep no let's face it she was a you know deep receiver back in the day and now she's in the slot she still she still starts and, and she's on everybody's fantasy team okay um i'll leave it at that uh she's no gardener okay I just mix the sports. I love when I do that because then it confuses you. You're not really sure, but if you think it all the way through, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's a, she's still a player, and, and she's very sweet, too. Um, we ended up just hanging out on the porch. It was like me, her, and uh, Billy Crudup, and Frank Langella, who's like a legendary actor. And they were talking about old stories, and I just sat there like, because we were on a porch, and I think it was, I don't know, someplace in... Um, in Brooklyn, we were just able to just sit and relax. And I played his buddy Marv, who's going to drive him all the way across to Oregon because he's he thinks he's dying and stuff. You know, he's dying and stuff like that. But it was cool because I got to do a scene with Frank Langella, which was awesome. And then I got it's always good when you can talk to the cast members. I've done cool scenes, but you never get a chance to talk to anybody. But there, there was a break for some reason. They had trouble with the camera or something like that. And we, I had like an hour and a half of just sitting on it. It was a cool, nice day out. It wasn't hot. I had a coffee. I just sat and I talked with, I was getting paid. And um, I was like, I, you know, you love, and you just, and every now and then you could add a tidbit. Maybe, you know, you try not to though, because it's like, clearly, that'd be like, it's like Jeter and A-Rod talking baseball. That's how I feel when I'm doing the show with you. That's I'm how like, you feel. Should I talk now? See that? Shut up. Now you should probably shut up. Then. No, I'm not. You know what? You just compared me to Frank Langella. I was being I take sarcastic. that as a win. Oh, you were? Yeah. Sarcastic doesn't work on podcasts, does it? Um, but anyway, it was cool to do. A lot of fun. I got paid. I still get residuals on it. God bless. The next one I did was the Jim Gaffigan show. Do you remember that show? It was on TV Land. Um, it's casted by my boy, Cody Cody Beak. Dude's casted me like three times. Mark Sachs and Cody Beak have each casted me three times on shows. Um, and Cody does a lot of cool little shows. He did Broad City. Um, what did he do? Broad City in search of... And the Jim Gaffigan show. Um, I did my scene with a comedian, Jessica Curson. Um, she ends up screaming at Jim Gaffigan. They're trying to get into a school, a private school. And uh, we have a whole fight scene. And she's swinging and I'm yelling at her, calm down, honey. It was pretty funny. But the funny thing was, I, Father Paul, who I've done videos with, uh, he's my buddy, he's a parish priest up where I live. He's a huge fan of Jim Gaffigan. And um, he ended up um, uh, wanting to meet him. So... Uh, I called him. I got in touch with Jim Gaffigan via his Instagram account or something, and he gave us like, uh, you know, dead center seats at the Beacon Theater. So I walked in with a priest. <laughs> He's looking at me like they're all trying to be like having a good time, and I walk in with a priest, and he gets mad at me when I say that. I'm like, well, you know, you're at a comedy show, and a priest walks in. What are you going to laugh at? You know what I mean? He doesn't agree. He's going to be screaming at me as soon as he hears this. But uh, I got to know Jim Gaffigan pretty well. Uh, you know, chatting with him. Really nice guy. His wife's a doll, too. And uh, she was one of the writers. And um, hopefully, maybe someday, uh, I'll work with uh, Gaffigan again. The next one is Madam Secretary. Remember that show? With Tia Leone. Tia Leone is big and strong. Six seconds to go, she calls for the ball. You know what I'm talking about? Or she gets that tip in, with, you know, and it's good. She's, uh, she was uh, doing a scene with Tim Daly. And I, I play um, a guy named, I fix washing machines. I'm, I'm Earl. <laughs> and I, they had me in this outfit. I, I look like an Earl, perfect casting. I would have cast it myself. And I'm trying to teach him. But meanwhile, he fixes it before I get to it. And she thinks he's going to screw it up. But I end up telling her, no, he did it perfectly. There's nothing wrong with your machine. He's acting like, see, I can fix things. Um, it's funny, Tia Leone and... Uh, they were rumored to be dating at the time. They were like, I don't know, I think she was married. Got to, I don't know, it was weird on the set. I just read that somewhere online. Of course, you don't bring that up. I don't, maybe they're still dating, I don't know. But it was a very cool show to do. Um, Tim Daly was nice. Tia Leona was really, uh, really cool. And I played Earl. The washing machine. I never got brought back. Like I guess the I guess washing machines only break once a, once a, a series. They don't break, you know. Why couldn't their washing machine, like, could have been a running gag. Like every week their machine breaks and Earl comes and save the day. But I guess it's a political show, so how can you make uh, politics out of a washing machine? Although I'm sure in today's environment somebody could. Um, the next one I did was a goofy one called The Night Of. Remember that on HBO? It's casted by Avi Kaufman. Probably the only time, I think I've talked about this show on the air. Um, it was directed by uh, Stephen Salian, who wrote uh, The Irishman and Moneyball. Um, the cool thing about this is one of the few bookings I ever got that was a direct booking so in other words I got the phone call I, I auditioned for Abby big of casting directors you can pop, she was thanked a million times yesterday during the Emmy she's as big as you can get and I've auditioned for her never really booked anything with her but I guess she likes me I guess thinks I'm alright 
and they needed someone to play a cop at a precinct who opens up the glass door, tells people where to go. One of those jerk offs, which I'm again perfect casting, and um, I went right to booking. Like she just recommended, it. and Jimmy, you available tomorrow? Boom, I did it, and that was like a cool feeling when you don't have to audition against ten guys. And uh, but it was weird because Steve uh, Zalian uh, directed it, and we're there, and for some reason, and I don't not not to say anything against the other actors, but. The way they were doing the angle through the window, a lot of takes were done the camera off of me. And it was getting like, you know, they want to move on to the next scene and they either had some technical issues or they weren't getting what they wanted. So it went on and on. I'm going, wow, this is taking way too long for one side of, of the angle. And I knew they had to turn it around to me. So they turned it around to me and um, my lines were right up in my wheelhouse, of course. And But I started to get nervous. Like, wow, what are they looking for? Like, why do they keep on saying, do it again, do it again, do it again? Well, they're going to do the same to me. And I did it in like three takes. It was like, you know, I was like, you know, three-pointer, good, Durant, thank you. And the director came over to me, and believe you me, guys, I'm not being cocky, you just don't get this. When you're a minor player on the team, like, no one no one shakes the first base coach after a big win and says, hey, dude, good job. Like, you may say it later on on the way out when you're in your suit, hey, man, way to go, good job. You don't go up to him like, dude, that was key, setting that runner in the third inning. Like, it just doesn't happen. He whispered in my ear. He goes, hey, man, thank you so much for doing this last minute. It was so wonderful to have you have a real pro here. We turn the cameras around, boom, in and out, we're moving on. He goes, I'm a director. I appreciate that. I was like, I felt like LeBron James. I was like, I am like a bad mother here, you know. Of course, next thing you know, I'm driving home, and I took my SAG daily rate. <laughs> I was like, you know. And then the show wasn't on the air. Didn't, I thought it was a dead show. They didn't show. tell you, though, that when they when they picked you, they had already called three other people. Oh, they, totally could be and that they, And they said that we weren't you know available. What? It doesn't so. matter. You know what? They couldn't get on a flight quick enough. And Palumbo for threes, got it. Final score, 81-79. But um, I certainly didn't win the game. But I hit a three-pointer with a minute left. We were up by nine. Nobody cares. But um, the night of. But it was cool because it's a rare, um, a rare time when you get a booking. I wish I, I should get more of those. You should listen to my podcast and say, hey, this guy's wonderful. I want to put him on my show. Um, so anyway, that's cool. So that's it. The five bookings are Back in the Day, Youth in Oregon, Jim Gaffigan Show, Madam Secretary, and The Night Of. Now, eventually, we're going to run out of bookings, but every week I show up with another you know, crazy booking. Um, but, you know, there's not always a crazy story about the booking. Sometimes there is. So, all right, we'll be right back. Service Team of Professionals, a.k.a. Stop Restoration of Edison, is a locally owned and operated business that provides professional disaster cleaning and restoration services, including a 24-hour emergency service to homeowners, property managers, real estate investors, and insurance companies alike. Stop Restoration helps people overcome the stress and anxiety of unforeseen circumstances caused by fire, smoke, water, mold, and other unexpected damages. As part of a nationally recognized restoration franchise, Stop Restoration of Edison is backed by the best technical advisors and business consultants in the country. Visit them right now online at www.stop-edison.com. All right, good to be back here on the Jimmy Palumbo Show, getting involved here. Please don't forget, make sure you go to uh, Chop chopsportsmedia.com and click on the merchandise. I got Jimmy Palumbo shirts. I got the 706 shirt available, and we're going to have the, the getting involved shirt. will be there by the weekend. Okay. Where I promise you that. Uh, we, this we, we missed a weekend because uh, Chris was just uh, busy with family stuff. He didn't get my shirt up. Uh, we're going to have getting involved shirts available in gray, red, and blue. Um, if you're a Rutgers fan, you got to wear the red one, but it doesn't matter. Go check them out. And there's a bunch of other shirts on there, Chop Sports and all that stuff. Go check it out. And um, that's also a way for me to get paid. The um, <laughs> I was just thinking about, now my father was a twin, okay? And um, they played semi-pro baseball, especially in Korea. And back in the days, in the 50s and stuff, they didn't have semi-pro. Like There was semi-pro leagues all over New York, but now it would be like, they didn't have independent leagues. Yeah, they didn't have independent. So my, my father was like an independent league caliber player. Um, and a lot of those teams, they were, like, the, they were the clubs that well, got turned into major league teams. No, no, guys, guys like Whitey Ford. like uh, My my father does because Jimmy, I remember when I played, you didn't know who Whitey Ford was because Whitey Ford didn't know who Whitey Ford was. But a lot of these guys came down in the in the offseason. They, they, would, they would play earlier or later, and they would pitch a few innings. Like sandlot ball on on these fields that were like, it just was a different time. I guess it would be like Legion ball meets 
independent league bowl. Almost picture it like, and I know this might be weird, but the way a league of their own was set up, where they kind of just went around and they picked well, up players that's from all how, random places. It yes, wasn't, it was wasn't like it is now. Not like a draft. Um, so my, college uh, kids. Listen, according to my my uh, my father and uncle who were twins, and even my father-in-law, there was some really good talent that went on either to play college or some guys ended up in other systems. Like my dad, you know, God rest his soul, he used to rattle off three or four pitchers that played for Cleveland, Detroit. No stars. But he claims that Whitey Ford would have had to have played, uh, I think it was called the Queens Alliance League. He goes, he was from Queens. He was there. He would have had to have played in that at some point. So it's possible my father faced Whitey Ford in a, um, you know, <laughs> you know. I said, that was you got hit. He goes, nah, maybe I would have slapped a single, you know, cocky little bastard. But no. But my Uncle Henry, you always want to bring this up. And this is uh, one of two stories. My Uncle Henry was a catcher. And as far as I was telling, I've talked to some pitchers who pitched in that league for my father's team when they got older. And they would, he goes, your dad was a good hitter, line drive hitter, solid hitter. He goes, but he goes, but your, your uncle as a catcher, he was an animal. He was short, so he didn't even squat down. He was almost like standing behind the plate. But he was like, he knew he knew how to call a game. He knew every, he was like, a, an, he, he would move players in and out. He was like a manager and a, and a catcher. And um, I, the only reason why I'm bringing him up is because this Gary Sanchez over the weekend, um, he hated lazy catchers. And like, if he, if my, I swear to God, my uncle's grave had a rattle this weekend with Gary Sanchez. Like, it made him crazy. Like, pass balls. This guy's got, like, 57 pass balls in, like, four years. It's like, you know, so just a shout-out to my uncle. I think Gary Sanchez has to go. It's over. I don't care... It, uh, I guess this is last year. You, they, they, it's you could sit sometimes here and say in life, the bat, but when you're batting two oh four, I don't care how many home runs you're hitting. If I was his agent, I'd be like, "Hey, guy, you know what? I think we got to get out of here. Let's try to go to the Cardinals or Tigers and and a, a new condo you live in. You get new coaching. You get new. Um, I think the fans are over it, especially the fans watching at home. I mean, that that pass ball. I know it was a mix up in the signals, and I get that, but that happens too. Why does that happen? And when the game, when the t- when the winning run, you have to, what do you you have to die in front of that ball? And he's re, it, it's it, he, he's not a good defensive catcher. He's batting two fifteen for the last three years now. It's over. You got to go. And you're a lazy catcher. And wherever and, he goes, I'm sure he'll be an all star. Well, you know what? Uh, and I'll, I'll I'll be the first one to cheer him. It was it's not happening here. I think there's too much pressure. He's done. Um, the other st- <laughs> I was thinking, <coughs> I ended up watching a movie. You ever had, listen, during the pandemic, you're sitting there with a glass of wine watching a movie at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I started thinking about when I was back in L.A. Um, there was that movie that uh, Halle Berry won the uh, Academy Award for. Monster? Yeah. When she ends or up. Monster's uh, Ball? Or? Yeah, Monster's Ball. She ends up sleeping with uh, Billy, Billy, uh, Bob. Billy Bob Thornton. And there's that crazy long sex scene. Sleeping blah, blah, blah. But when you're in L.A., everybody wants to see that scene. Blah, blah, blah. You know, see the movie. I mean, not the scene. got to see this movie. Halle Berry's really good. I went out on a Friday night. I went out on a Friday night, and uh, I got ripped. I don't know, I was drinking scotch or something, and I just remember waking up Saturday morning, like, feeling like death. And it was hot in L.A., and my air conditioning wasn't working that good. And I'm like, you know what? I want to go to the movie. So I literally, like, threw a pair of sweatpants on, barely brushed my teeth, bedhead, threw my hat on, and I went to this shitty theater, like, in North Hollywood that was not, like, an L.A. theater. This was, like, a bad theater. But it was like literally nine degrees inside this theater. And I was in one of those moods. I got like a big thing of popcorn, a big, huge Dr. Pepper that could like uh, feed a family of, you know, nine. I got like goobers raised. I'd spent like $45. I was like, you know what? I'm miserable. I'm hungover. I want to watch this movie. So I get in there. There's only four dudes in the movie theater. <laughs> so it's already I really, getting weird. And I didn't really know what happens in the, mo- in the movie. Right? So. I everybody told me Halle Berry's really good, so I'm sitting there. I'm watching this movie, and it's going on. And next thing you know, the, the sex scene comes on. It's, it, the Blurred sex lines scene. in that sex scene. Okay. It was like it, cro- it crossed over. Well, they say the part. rumor was that they uh, they, like, they, they yeah, consummated I, the marriage. I think that's BS. I've been on sets, not that I've ever been in a nude scene, but I I, I refuse to. There's too many people. There's 45 people looking at it, but you never know. He kicks everybody out. I don't know. Anyway, so there I am. Now I'm like. I'm sitting there. I got chocolate on my face. I got greasy popcorn all over my sweatshirt, all over everything. I'm watching, and I'm, I realize there's three three other guys in the movie theater. I was like, what a... I'm, so this, the bitterness starts to grow, right? I couldn't wait for the fucking movie to be over. I was so disgusted. Meanwhile, my phone was going off. 
the entire movie. And I just didn't feel like looking at it. I didn't feel like talking to anybody. So I get out of the movie theater. Now I got like goobers, raisinets in my teeth and popcorn and I'm burping Dr. Pepper. I'm like miserable. I want to kill somebody. It's my buddy Jack. He's like, hey man, um, I'm in a, if you go to, go to the softball fields, if you're in the valley, I'm over here, blah, blah, blah. It was only like 10 minutes away. So he said he's playing softball. I figured, you know what? I'll go watch a softball game for a little bit, bust his balls and, you know, head out. So I go over there. Now you got to remember, I got like, I'm, 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 I'm filthy. I didn't shower from the night before. So I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm reeking a scotch from the night before. I got popcorn, raisinets. I'm hungover still. Like, I go in there, and I realize it's a co-ed game. Okay. Now, I'm not there to play. I'm just there to hang out. I had, like, flip-flops on. Like, what an asshole. So, I and usually what happens when you play co-ed, no disrespect, usually there's not, the women are not usually, like, smoking hot. But you forget, L.A., the, 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 it was completely, everybody was good-looking. And my buddy Jack was like, Jimmy, I want to introduce you to you know, Sue and Karen. And I'm like, I was like, I don't know if I had, I didn't even remember if I brushed my teeth. I was like, I got to get out of here. So one girl's like, Jimmy, how's it going? You remember me? I used to be an assistant at this agency. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't know her. I was just trying to, I had no, I was panicking. So I'm sitting there now. I'm like, I go, Jack, what are you doing? You should have told me there's a little game on within the game here. You know, he goes, I don't know. I was trying to call you four times. And I'm like, yeah, but I was watching Halle Berry bang Billy Bob Thornton at a theater in North Hollywood. So I end up, so afterwards, I was like, hey, we're going to the pizza hut. So now I'm hungover brutally. We go to the pizza. I'll, think I'll get a slice of pizza. I forget, they serve beer in those places. So next thing you know, some girl's like, Jimmy, you want a beer? And you know, girl, if you a beer, you got to say yes, right? So next thing you know, I start drinking. And inside I'm going, what are you doing? You got popcorn, raisinets, goobers now, lousy pizza hut. What am I, and they, they, everybody seemed to be enjoying the pizza. I was like, people are clueless out here. So next thing you know, we're there for three hours. So now between, I left the house at like 11.45 for a noon movie. It's like 5.30 and I'm getting ripped inside of a pizza hut. And my buddy, uh, while I'm there, we end up we end up in a backyard party. People were growing marijuana. <laughs> it was like, what am I doing here? It was like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. I'm like, now I'm like, I can't believe I'm still doing this. My phone's ringing. It's Mark DiCarlo, who's been on our show. He's like, meet me over at this Italian restaurant. I'm here with, I'm here with a bunch of girls. He used to lie to me and say, just to get me to come out, I'm here with a bunch of girls. I end up at this place called Amici's, okay, in North Hollywood on Ventura. Now, I... I get over there. Now I got the same sweatpants on, filthy. Now I got a buzz on, okay? Pizza breath. I'm like, what am I doing? We go in there, and they, they're drinking like uh, a Chianti. So I'm like, oh, guys singing Sinatra. I start drinking wine. The girls across from me were cute. We start kidding around. Next thing you know, I'm yelling at the at the piano player, what song to sing? But Mark's late. He keeps, he, he's giggling at me, and I don't know what he's giggling at. I, I guess I had a buzz on. I was being loud. So I'm telling the guy, do this song. I'll be, I'll be, I was being a jerk off. Didn't realize it. I thought I was just telling him what song to play. Because I, I thought he said, anybody want to hear anything? And I yelled at. But I, you know when you got a buzz on, you sound like a jerk off. Next thing you know, the maitre d' comes, hey, sir, is everything okay here? I get, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, am I getting kicked out of a, a little small Italian restaurant? So I realized I had three or four glasses of wine there. Now, kids at home, don't do this. They, you know, just listen to me and... So then I'm like, oh, I'm only about half a mile from my house. I got to get out of here, you know. So I drive back, and but I see my bar that I go to that's only 100 yards away. You got to duck in for the nightcap, right? But now it's like 10 o'clock at night. I'm now out for 10 and a half hours. I go in there, and I end up, next thing you know, I'm flirting with this girl. You know what I mean? And I realized that I had... I didn't shower. I went to the bathroom twice at the movie theater, once at the Italian restaurant. So I'm thinking, I must reek. I have a filthy ass. I'm like, I just want to get home. I what am I doing? I start and this girl who's I knew before. I had flirted with her once before. She's flirting with me again. Next thing you know, man, I end up back at her place, and I'm like, I believe I'm doing this. Half in the bag for sure. She drove. Um, we end up going in. All I remember is like. We, we, there was she had a roommate I knew that a guy roommate but I didn't see him we're coming I was so ripped I didn't know if I was like banging the comforter the pillows you know when you have those nights where there's one of those girl apartments where there was all kinds of things on the bed at one point I'm like I don't know you know if, even if I get laid with the comforter it's still a win it's still a win they're gonna <laughs> it was like it was a filthy I was like get me out of here 
So finally I realized, and I fell asleep. I, re- I looked at the clock. It said like 6.30 in the morning. And I was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> like right now, I'm ready to kill some. Now it's like it's Monday morning now. I blew the whole friggin' day. No, it had been uh, Saturday morning. And um, so I go to leave. And I'm like, I- I'll talk to you later. She's like, all right. I go to leave. Sitting in the dark, right where the door is, is the roommate. I don't see him. He's sitting alone in a wooden chair, like out of a movie. And he just says. That was her boyfriend. He goes, he just said, good night, Jimmy. I was like, whoa, what is that? I was, I said, dude, hey, what's up? I go, how long you been sitting there? He's like, all night. I was like, I just left. I, I didn't know who it was. I knew he had a roommate. There was a guy there. And I just gave him a look like, well, all right. Um, <laughs> I got the win. Or the comforter got the loss. We don't know yet. <laughs> got to Google that one. And I, I had nothing else to say, but, you know. And he wasn't, he was smaller than me. I would have been a nervous wreck if he was a big dude. But he was, like, skinny and creepy, and he had, like, a tank top on. Creepiest thing I've ever seen in L.A. And I just like, all right, man, talk to you later. I walked out the door thinking, I don't know what's going to go on there. Um, but I got home, and it was just one of those miserable long nights uh, of when you're at three different places with with clothes that are, you wouldn't want to go to Walgreens in now. You know what I mean? And the night just got away from me. And so that's my um, going have, to see. Have you wiped your ass since? I, I went home, I showered, I had to shit again. I showered, I cleaned up, and I slept, I think, till like Monday morning. <laughs> I was like, my work is done here. But I will tell you this. The movie with Halle Berry, Monster Ball, is a very good movie. Please check it out. Because it was a day that I checked it out, and then I got the win. Or... Something from Home Goods got the loss. I don't really know. All right. That's my crazy story of the day. And I think that's it for my show. Go Rutgers. I hope they beat Michigan or at least cover. I don't think they will, though. My bet, I'm going to take Michigan minus 19. Hate to do it, but I have to. I'm not like you guys. Always bet with your team. Um, and that's it. ABC's 330 Rutgers. Thanks for tuning in to the Jimmy Palermo Show. Where have you come from? Where have you gone? How long has it been, honey? Since you've been home? Has it been a